It's time to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Get up every morning Championship Friday as the championship college football games begin tonight, continue tomorrow. Also, welcome to December. It's the Friday, December 1st, 2023 edition of the program. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and producer Zach Boyd were in the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, their overstock sale continues as the countdown is on till Christmas, right? We're into December. You got all these great deals going on at Family Leisure. What are you waiting for? Maybe this weekend's a good time to check them out at 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. And as Mr. Announcer Man said, first hour of the program is brought to you by our friends at East Memphis Ace Hardware. If you're getting up as early as we are, get ready for a 49-degree start to your day. Cloudy skies, but it's going to warm up. Now, rain is still in the forecast, although it'll start to taper off. Chance of rain at about 60% this morning. We're looking at a high today of 68 degrees. Then tonight, considerable cloudiness, occasional rain showers with a chance of rain at about 50%, low only dipping down to 47, and then occasional rain for your Saturday with a high near 62. On the program today, John Varlas at 725 joins us in studio from the Daily Memphian. The Houston Mustangs in the Class 6A State Football Championship in Tennessee as they will battle tomorrow night against Oakland. We'll talk about that and other things with John. At 8.05, we are scheduled to be joined by D'Angelo Williams, who will be officially enshrined into the College Football Hall of Fame in Las Vegas on Tuesday. He's headed out to Sin City today, and we're hoping to catch up with D'Angelo at 8.05. Arguably the greatest player to ever play at the University of Memphis. At 8.25, Aaron Torres will join us. He was in Fayetteville the other day for Arkansas's win over Duke. I think he's still in Fayetteville. He'll join us to talk college basketball, including Memphis and Ole Miss in tomorrow's showdown at the Pavilion in Oxford. And then at 9.05, Brandon Lang will break down some of the championship games in college football, the NFL as well. Our handicapper extraordinaire at 9.30 will play 10 in a row, the game show that has swept the nation. You can hit us up on the Sports 56 listener lines. By calling in or texting in, although calls may be tough to get to today, I can't promise you we'll get to all of them, but you can certainly text in at 901-360-8255. we got a lot to get to here in this opening segment, NFL Thursday Night Football. The Grizzlies back in action tonight in Dallas. Mikey Williams news, college football coaching news, Tiger Woods news, and the USFL-XFL merger. we got more details yesterday, so a busy Friday to say the least. Good morning, man. Good morning. So the XFL-USFL, very quickly, I know we were kind of throwing it around. It it seems like it's pretty much what we had talked about, but correct me if I'm wrong. The XFL and the USFL merging each retains four teams, including the Memphis Showboats. So the USFL retains Birmingham, Houston, Michigan, Memphis. The XFL retains Arlington, D.C., San Antonio, and St. Louis. But that's just about all we know, right? Well, and that's not even technically an official announcement. That's what all the, the reporting. The, the the one thing that they did say is the the letter that was sent out by the XFL to 
I'm not sure exactly who they went out to, but their the season apparently will kick off on March 30th. That will be the the first week of this merged season. So more on the lines of the USFL schedule as opposed to the XFL. Yeah, yeah. Start. It's it's you know, USFL. Um, basically, yeah, somewhat splitting the difference, but more towards the USFL. The the starting in the spring rather than right after the Super Bowl. And we still don't know the official name of the league. We still don't know if pods are still in existence or each of the eight teams, the proposed eight teams, the reported eight teams will all have uh, their own home stadium. So more details to come for the XFL-USFL merger. Last night, Thursday night football, your Cowboys in a high-scoring affair. If you took the over, you were in good shape. Dallas beat Seattle 41 41- 35 uh, late touchdown in the fourth quarter from Dak to uh, Turd Ferguson. I like to call him Turd. Uh, Dak had three touchdown passes. Geno Smith, three touchdown passes, but he did have a pick. DK Metcalf, the former Ole Miss Rebel, three touchdown catches, but not enough. Cowboys go to nine and three. Seattle drops to six and six. Yeah, it was a uh, that was an interesting game. Um, the Cowboys, well, neither defense ever got a ever force a punt, only the fifth game in NFL history wow. to, uh, to not feature a punt by either team. Uh, the Cowboys defense able to get some fourth down stops late in the game, but um, boy, oh boy, that was a, not a good point. And that's the Cowboys defense when they're not getting sacks. They were able to get pressure on Geno Smith, but give the Seahawks credit. They had to give him credit. They did uh, their whole game plan was just get rid of the ball quickly so that they couldn't get pressure, uh, couldn't, couldn't get sacks. But they don't get sacks. They have problems um, from time to time. And credit the offense. Dak was excellent once again. C.D. Lamb was excellent once again. And they had to score basically every time they got the ball, and they continued to do it and found a way to do it, and then uh, were able to rally there in the fourth quarter. Mike McCarthy continues to do some weird stuff, though. I don't like a minute forty-three left. You're up by three. The other team's out of timeouts, and you've got third down and three at like the twenty-yard line. And he then th- they throw a pass. Mm. <laughs> like I'm like, if you run it. First of all, you might get the first down. It's third and three. Like it's not like it's third and twenty-three. It's third and three. You might get the first down. Worst case scenario, and, and the game's a lot over. Of time off the clock. But at the, right? if, if you don't get it, you're giving them the ball back with a minute to go, no timeouts, and after you kick the field goal, theoretically a six-point lead. So they're going to have to go to the length of the field in a minute. Mm-hmm. But he throws the incom- they throw the incomplete pass. So Seattle's left with a minute forty-three when they get the ball back. And like I don't, I just don't. Like it's just bizarre decision. Some of those things he does. Like, what are you doing? Just run the ball, take their time away. I mean, if you, um, granted, your defense hadn't been stopping them, but goodness gracious. So I would at least like, you know what? Forty less seconds might be a good thing, especially in the first half when they march down the field with no timeouts in a minute thirty. I would try and give them as little time as possible for that final drive. Now, luckily, they get to the fourth down, and Seattle had the. Um, the weird strategy on fourth down and two of let's not block Mike, Micah Parsons. Seems like a weird strategy to me. Um, but they didn't. Nobody blocked Micah Parsons. He gets in Geno's face. Geno has to throw it into the ground. And the Cowboys hold on and get the win anyway. But, um, yeah, it was uh, the penalties. Holy Lord. My goodness gracious. What was it, like 250 somewhere in that neighborhood? Uh, I, the, I read Pete Carroll's comments after the game. The Cowboys had nine for one twenty-seven, and the Seattle had ten for one thirty. Basically, it was every two fifty-seven. 
And there were three other flags that Jeez. they picked up. Basically, every pass play, there was illegal contact, holding, or pass interference. That, essentially, the moral of the story was if you threw a pass, you're pro- if it wasn't complete, there probably was a penalty on the defense on the play that give you a first down anyway. Real quick, how worrisome for you as a Cowboys fan are you that when they play the better teams, and Seattle's not bad, that have good offensive lines and protect their quarterback, that they won't be able to match touchdown for touchdown against the better teams because the better teams presumably have better defenses and that they'll struggle because they won't be able to get to the quarterback. Thus, they'll give up a lot of points and they won't be able to score as many going up against better defenses. Is that worrisome to you? But yeah, I, I, as I said, I have so the next month, this month dictates what the Cowboys actually are. I mean, they actually are playing. They're playing. Well, Buffalo's not, I guess, technically a winning team right now, but a, a capable a team. Yeah, I mean, you've got you've got Philly coming in. They got the fourteen game home winning streak. Philly comes in next week. Depending on what Philly and San Francisco do this week, it could be for a chance to tie for first in the division. You follow that up with Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. Like the month of December will show just how for real this team is. Yeah. The offense certainly is more than capable. Um, but the defense has these games, and the defense will have other games where they are dominant. And but again, I mean the, the Seahawks showed the thing. Like if you you just against them, you get rid of the ball quickly. I mean, they roasted Deron Bland in the first half. Like that <laughs> like that was incredible. Like, dude, and the funny thing is that the game was actually played in November, but they don't count it because he was the defensive player of the month for December for the month of November and then he literally gave up more yards in coverage in the first half of that game than anybody's given up in coverage all season long wow he's either pick six or nothing are you a fan of the Cowboys too Zach yes. what'd you think uh I think the defense they got the job done played three games in 12 days so it's not not your best performance, but you know a win is a win. You move on. Did they get the job done, or was it just the offense and Dak was so good? Yeah, they Dak, overcame the defense in this. Well, they got they did get the three fourth down stops. Yeah, in the last three drives, the last three drives of the game for Seattle were fourth down stops. By That's the defense. true. I'll give I will give them that. But again, yeah, I mean they they couldn't guard DK Metcalf <laughs> like they were. Yeah, both teams. The penalties was like the the, the refs. I mean, goodness gracious! No, like that's what, that's because a lot of them were. Both ways were just like it's barely contact, man. Let, let it some, go. Let some guys play. Like I, exactly. if you're a defensive back in that game, you had to be thinking like I don't know what I'm a, what I can possibly do because if I breathe on the guy, they're basically calling pass interference or illegal contact. Yeah, I, I, nobody nobody wants to see that. Uh, college football news from yesterday from the University of Memphis. And there'll be news trickling in every day. The official portal opens up on on Monday, or officially the portal opens up on Monday. But news yesterday via social media, Malik Feaster, he of the pick six this season for the University of Memphis, announces he's done with his collegiate career and is opting for the NFL draft. I don't know if Malik Feaster is NFL draft worthy. I mean, the kid certainly showed uh, some signs uh, at times really, really good, at other times not so good. I I was a little surprised by that, but uh, I don't I don't grade out the players. I'm not sure where he's graded out. I want to wish him nothing but the best, but that's a another Tiger who has made a decision. But again, this news will be coming in hot and heavy from around the country. Uh, Indiana, according to reports, will name Kurt Signetti as their new head coach. He was the James Madison coach, 11-1 this season, 
52 and 9 in six seasons. So all those names on that big extensive Indiana list included some big, big names. Of course, Ryan Silverfield's name was on it. Justin Fuente, guest of our show yesterday, his name was on it. It is Kurt Signetti, according to reports. Nick Saban, speaking to um, Pat, what's his name? McAfee. McAfee. Said no SEC team in the college football playoff would be disrespectful. No SEC team in the college football playoff would be disrespectful. I color be shocked that for, uh, Nick Saban wants an SEC team in. Yeah, but disrespectful? No. Maybe it's reality this year if they don't get an SEC team. Now, again, do I think if Georgia loses to Alabama, they're still one of the four best teams? I do. I do believe that. But again... You and I and everybody, with the exception of maybe Bill Hancock and some of those committee members, think it's the four most deserving and not the four, technically the four best, which is so subjective. But yeah, I'm not surprised Nick Saban saying that, obviously running with the torch of the SEC, but to call it disrespectful. Well, it's, he's running with the torch of his team because either Georgia wins and they everybody knows they're in, or Alabama wins and... That's the possibility of them not having one, which he's saying, like, listen, if if we beat Georgia, we should be in. He's basically campaigning for his team to get in. And do you agree or disagree? Uh, let me see how the games go. Okay. Can I get this off my chest, please? I did on Twitter yesterday, or X. Once again, once again, there is a disagreement, a contract squabble, if you will, between a local affiliate. It's not just locally. It's all the affiliates I would, I guess, all the O and O's around the country for a particular network and DirecTV. This time, it's ABC. Just in time, and this is obviously planned perfectly, just in time for the conference championship games, where four of those championship games will be played on ABC. Meaning, yours truly and others who have DirecTV will not be able to get the games. Now, I can go to a bar. I can go to a friend's house. I understand all that. Plus, I got people continuing to send me messages about antennas, about fire sticks, about this, about that. Here's the issue, man. I'm an unfrozen caveman lawyer. I pay DirecTV bundled up with all my AT&T stuff and all that. It's just too complicated. I'm tired of dealing with people in Asia on the phone, trying to understand what they're saying to me, trying to get the bill straightened. It's just too much for me. You know, it's too. Maybe it's good for a 25 year old. It's not for me. I'm tired of that stuff. I had to do with it, deal with it yesterday with FedEx. I mean, a simple problem that could have been fixed right here by some person I was dealing with. I ended up having to go through Malaysia or wherever it was. So this stuff drives me crazy. But I cannot believe, or maybe I should believe it, because earlier it was what CBS and Directv that we didn't get for a long time. I don't think they're going to get this problem solved today. So here we go, again. Yeah, I can get the fire stick, and I can pay more money. I already pay, I don't know how much money on my cable bill. I can get the antenna. I can do all that stuff like that. Come on, man. I got DirecTV. I expect to be able to watch these so games. Have, I'm pissed. Uh, ESPN Plus? I did have ESPN Plus. I'm not sure if I renewed the subscription to it or not. But again, everything's a, subscri- a subscription. Everything's extra pay. You know, I get the... 
Netflix and the Hulu and the Disney and the Apple and the this and the that. I'm just, come on, make it easy, man. And nothing's easy. So we'll see. Pac-12 championship game tonight. Oregon, Washington. I want to sit at home and enjoy that game. I don't want to have to go out. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I know, woe is me, right? But that's the situation. Uh, Yesterday, Mikey Williams news. Mikey Williams pleaded guilty to one count of making criminal threats. So all those felony charges against him were combined into one felony count of making a criminal threat. Sentencing date is set for August 2024. However, there are a bunch of conditions laid out that if he completes those conditions, the felony charge drops to a misdemeanor. He is supposedly taking online classes for the University of Memphis. I I don't know. I know that's what I read. I don't know if he's actually doing it. But that has opened the door for the possibility, assuming he doesn't want to turn around and try to play in the G League or go pro somewhere around the world. If he wants to play the University of Memphis next year, there is now a possibility that that may happen. Yeah, judging by what they have said, that um, once his legal stuff is done, um, they certainly have that door open for him. And now he, August of next year, um, theoretically, will have his legal stuff done and could be down to just one misdemeanor on his record at that point. So, yeah, I would I guess that if that if they if he chooses to take that route that that next year would be that possibility. I don't understand the judicial system, the criminal system. I don't understand it. I know that he shot a bunch of times into a car with a bunch of people. Uh he should be counting his lucky stars that this is what came out of this. And again, if he does everything he's supposed to do, misdemeanor could be could be a member of the University of Memphis. A couple of other notes before we take our first time out. College basketball last night, Florida Atlantic, a winner over Liberty, 83-58. to They seem to have weathered the storm, haven't they, after that loss to Bryant? Yeah, they're, they're, they're on track. I still think they're nowhere near a top-10 team, but... We'll see. They play the... I forget. I, I saw their schedule, but um, they will have some... Um, Stiff competition coming up. And then, of course, in the American play, it's Memphis, Florida, Atlantic, and the Seven Dwarfs. The Actually, a lot more than that. You have the Tigers and Old Miss tomorrow at 1 o'clock. We will talk more about that game with our guest, Aaron Torres, at 825. We'll get his thoughts on that one. And then, of course, tonight, it's the Grizzlies at 4-13, and 13, looking to string back-to-back wins together. They'll be playing tonight against the Dallas Mavericks on the road. The Mavs are 11-6, and six, do have a win over the Grizzlies earlier this season. That is a 6-30 start. Dallas won 125-110 at FedEx Forum on October 30th. After this game tonight, quick turnaround, trip to Phoenix for a game tomorrow with the Phoenix Suns. Pinnacle Roofing and Restoration for all your roofing and home repair needs. Call Brandon McCullough at 901 901- 438-5084. Go online to newroofmemphis.com. They offer financing with different plans and options to choose from, including a 6, 12, or 18-month same-as-cash option to work with your insurance company or out-of-pocket. Whatever it takes to get that new roof or that roof fixed, 
They do residential and commercial roofing, so business owners and property managers listen up, along with homeowners. If you have a leak or any other roofing problem, call Brandon today. They'll come out and do a free roof inspection. They are licensed, bonded, and insured, a member of the Better Business Bureau. You get a five-year labor warranty on the purchase of a new roof, and all their work is satisfaction guaranteed. Again, this is a locally owned and operated company. They do work around the home, like carpentry work, exterior painting. They can replace gutters, install shingles, put up fencing and siding, rotten wood repair. Whatever you can't do yourself, call Pinnacle Roofing and Restoration. Brandon McCullough is the owner of this company. They have been with us for a number of years now. So again, if you're in that situation with a problem with your roof, don't wait until it becomes a major, major headache for you. Call Brandon at 901-438-5084 or go online to newroofmemphis.com. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. 725 is the time. Championship weekend high school football in the state of Tennessee. I think it started last night, if I'm not mistaken. But in Class 6A, it's tomorrow night. It's a big one. It's Houston going for all the marbles against Oakland. We'll talk about that and other things with John Varlas. It's time for Greg and Eli's weekly visit with John Varlas of the Daily Memphian. Check out John's prep sports coverage and more at DailyMemphian.com. Now, here's John Varlas with Greg and Eli. He is the award-winning prep reporter for the Daily Memphian, but so much more. He's John Varlas. You can follow him on Twitter at John Varlas. Catch him every single Friday talking with us, most of the time in studio like he is today. Although I assume you have the Varlas Learjet all all, uh, juiced up and ready to go and... uh, Take that quick flight over to Chattanooga, right? Yeah, how's everything? Good morning, everybody. It's happy, uh, happy Blue Cross Bowl Friday. I'm yeah, a, I'm Blue excited. Cross Bowl. Happy December. Like it. Good to see. You. Happy December. Get those sponsors in there. Fine. I well, like that. They, they they pay a lot for that. I they, assume. I don't know. Well, they don't. Well, that's what they call it, and they, <laughs> they don't pay me a penny. But that's what they call it. So yeah, happy Blue Cross Bowl Friday, everybody. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Really looking forward to getting up there. It's been it's been too long. It's been 2020. Last time a Memphis team uh, played for a state football championship, and that was still when the when the games were still in Cookville. So you know, MUS played that year. So nobody since 2020. Um, first time I'm going to get to cover the uh, the games in Chattanooga, and I'm excited. I'm I mean, the stadium looked great uh, yesterday. You know, my, my my colleagues were posting highlights from the other games. Uh, stadium looked great. Huge crowd last night for the uh, the uh, the big private school game between Chattanooga Baylor and Chattanooga Macaulay. Understandably so, because it's in Chattanooga, man. But it looked like a fun time, and I can't wait to get there. Hey, by the way, yes, sir. Do you think maybe you know what the contract is right now with Chattanooga, or what what the deal is as far as the host sites for the state championship games? Do you believe that once the refurbishment of Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium takes place, that there's a chance that Memphis one day could host 
state championship games. Our our uh, our sports council and the powers that be, Greg, have to put in a bid. That, I mean, that that's what it comes down to. The the the. Those things come up for bids. Any city can bid. Any city can put together a, a package to the TSSAA and say, hey, guys, here's what we propose. Here's what we can do. Here's what we can provide for the teams and the payouts and money and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, put it up for a bid and see what happens. And that's, you know, that's that's the answer I give to everybody. And, and it's as simple as that. I think when the contract was... Uh, came up this last time the games were in cookville and i believe uh, you know please somebody text in and correct me if i'm wrong but i believe that cookville and chattanooga were the only two cities that bid and and the chattanooga bid was best and and that's where the games are so um yeah that, that that's my answer to that greg put in the bid make it happen use some of your considerable weight with the uh movers and shakers in in our community and and, and let's get behind that bid <laughs> by the way i I, I can't understand. Macaulay, Macaulay must be awesome to beat Baylor twice this year. I don't know how they do. I don't know. I can't believe Baylor didn't win AAA. Well, Macaulay, Macaulay's really, really darn good, and that looked like a good game. I mean, it's not from you know just from the score, thirty-four to twenty-eight. It seemed like it was an exciting game. And no, Macaulay's good. That quarterback they have, uh, Jay Saint Hilaire. I don't know where he's going to play his college football, but you know he threw for three hundred yards last night and four touchdowns. I mean, yeah, they they've got a team, and you know, hats off to them. Um, you know, they, they, they got the job. Holding Baylor talented. to twenty-eight points is amazing to me because Baylor's offense is, is, is un, un, unreal to me. Well, so. and and there were and there were just like so many future college guys <laughs> on the field last <laughs> night. I mean, I, I mean, you, you, you lose count of the guys that are committed to, to major colleges on those teams. I mean, they're they're both really good, and we can you know we've can have the conversation as to why they're really good, but, you know, they're really there, good. And there were probably a few players on the field last night who were actually from Chattanooga and from Tennessee. So I was just going to ask you that because Chattanooga is considerably smaller than Nashville and Memphis, and I'm wondering, why do they have so much talent, but you're telling me well, they're, the, they're, well, they're, they're, they're bringing them in. Yeah, well, it's, they're it's, bringing them in from all over. It's the, it's the boarding school thing, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, there's, uh, I mean, you know, it's no secret, there's lots of kids from Canada on, you know, that were playing in the game last night. That's like, why Eli, like, Eli he hates this team. Yeah. So. Again, as I said, when they when Christian Brothers played Baylor this year, first high school roster I've ever had with hometowns listed. Yeah, I, I, I saw that at a, I actually saw that at a, a Christian Brothers basketball game a couple of years ago with the year, uh, so I guess it was two years ago when they had Chandler Jackson and they went undefeated and they mm-hmm. won state. Baylor came to to Christian Brothers, I guess for I guess it's basically a quarterfinal game or whatever. And yeah, they they I'm sitting at the press table. They said they say here's our guys, and it's got okay. Here's number four is from Poland. Number yes, it's, number it's, ten is from Brazil. Like, like, know, there was only yeah, another guys from Ohio, and I'm like, what? I think the and, football team had three starters from Chattanooga. Yeah, wow. They had so, like incredible. ten from Canada. The guys from. There was, yeah, they were coming from all overseas. They're they're from all over, yeah, and, literally all over the world. And 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 again, I mean, you know, is is that a level playing field with, uh, you know, when you're competing with, you know, people like MUS and Christian Brothers and Knoxville Catholic and you know some of these other larger private schools around the state? Mm-hmm. I mean, is, you know, Innsworth and those guys. Is it a, is it a level playing field? I don't know. I think it's something the TSSAA ultimately is going to have to look at. Um, you know, and then the the Chattanooga side of it is well, nobody said anything until we started getting good in football. So mm-hmm. you know, so they're you know they they've got their side of it too. It's 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 you know it's a tough situation, and you know I definitely don't want to bang on kids. I mean, it's the adults that are you know in, in charge of this. But um, yeah, no, it's it's tough. I mean, I, I don't know if they 
uh, did a rendition of O Canada before the game last night in addition <laughs> to the national anthem. There were The thing there, is what can they do? There were like, no rouges in the game last night. Uh, so Who I do they know. put if, if, if four so, downs they play so with do you four downs? Just, three downs. Three disqualified downs. No, 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 they yeah. yeah. So do you if what could the TWSWA do other than like will they just disqualify them from that and then who do they just play like a national boarding school division like how do, I don't know I don't yeah I, I don't know I don't know what you can do and I'm sure there would be lawsuits and all sorts of recriminations if they did try to you know change the rules and and you know I I, I don't know what you can do I mean it's 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 a tough situation but but you're right Eli and 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 it's not just football I mean you know people think about football yeah. the most they they think about basketball but you look at you know like some of these other sports like like wrestling and and uh you know cross country my you know, across at the at the state cross country meet a, a couple of weeks ago. You know, I I think the first, I think five of the top six runners were all from Macaulay. You know, and and they all ran these incredible times via Kenya. Yeah, well, no, they weren't Kenyans, but they were they were you know they were all from Macaulay, and it's just you know it's 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 not. I don't know if it's. You know, it's not necessarily a level playing field. It's tough. It's a tough situation. They're not doing anything technically illegal. No, they're illegal. That's what they're, so they're, I want to stress that they're not. You know, they're, what they're, they're doing is completely by the rules. They're playing totally by. Everybody the just rules. wants the rules changed, but it's like weird to me. Like, what if they are not allowed to play here? Like, who do they play then? Like, what do they? Well, let me ask well, you. I mean, they're honestly at this point in their development. Uh, uh, you know, they're they're kind of closer to an IMG academy. I was just going to bring. I was just going to bring that up. That I was just going to bring that. They're closer to an IMG academy than they are to an MUS. At this, okay. At this point, I can, think. Can can an IMG uh, um, a Montverde a um, uh, was it Oak Hill? Yeah, okay. Do they also play for their state no, championship? They're, they're, there you go. They're, no, the Montverde is not a member of the Florida Association. No. They can't win. And, and, nor, and, and nor is IMG and right. all that. So that's what that's how it should be treated. Yeah, they they can, should not be allowed to they can, compete. They can play, you know, quote unquote normal schools from Florida, but right. they, they're not in the state association. That's what should be that should be the case with those Chattanooga well, teams that and, you're talking but, about. But you would open your door for open the door for, like I said, lawsuits, you know, that would probably drag on into infinity if they tried to kick them out. Have but, these other schools? Like an IMG had a lawsuit, Montbird, and all well, those. But they're, they, those, they those are separate. In, they, they they never were part of this, those their state associations. Their the IMG was never part of the Florida Association. They were just formed at some point. So in, all those private, independently. So yeah. all those yeah, like schools like Oak Hill was never part of Virginia's. No, uh, okay, no. all right. The um, the thing too, like, it's like with it, if you kick, say you kick them out of Division Two, Triple Eight. The division already doesn't have very many teams. <laughs> like, there's that too. Everybody already makes the postseason in that division. It gets down, and you start getting out of like eight teams as a whole division. That's yeah, true. There's that too, but it's it, it's hard. I mean, but you know. All right. That being said, they're really good, and hats off to them. They had a terrific season. And that being said, as we started this uh, segment, uh, congratulations to the Houston Mustangs. As you said, John, first time since 2020. That a team from the area is playing for a state championship in football, correct? Right. And okay. The first time since 2018 that we've had a uh, a public school team in the game. Wow. Okay. So if, before we break down the game, Houston and Oakland, hats off to Southwind and Fairly. They fell in their semis last week. Uh, great, great seasons for both. Absolutely. I mean, just I mean, you think of what uh, you know. You think of what Southwind did. You know, all season long they were terrific. I mean, you know. Kelvin Perkins, you know, I, I I really think he's got a shot to win Mr. Football on Tuesday when they announced the the winners in in Nashville. Um, 
you know, then they, they get to the playoffs. They, they, they beat a really good beach team at home, Hendersonville Beach, and then they, they go to Henry County and win a very difficult game at Henry County in the quarterfinals. And, 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 and they go to Page, a, a, a really, really good Page team. They play the worst game they've probably played since Kelvin Perkins took the starting job, you know, halfway through last season. And yet they still have a chance right there at the end of the game to win it. They're down 10 7. Um, Page is trying to run the clock out. They fumble. Houston gets a long return, you know, in, into Page territory. And they got a chance to, you know, tie or win the game despite, you know, playing and, you know, a, a really, really not their not their best game. So hats off to them. A lot of a lot of uh, fortitude with that team. Lots of uh, lots of good things they accomplished this year. Thirteen wins, by far the most in school history. First time they ever got past to the the second round. Um, and same thing with same thing with Fairley too. I mean, you know they they had a tough team, uh, tough visit going to Decatur Riverside. Riverside's really good. They've got a Mr. Football finalist. Um, but again, you know most first time Fairley's been to the semifinals and just a tremendous tremendous season for Fairley. Both of those teams will have some quality guys returning next season, and you know it wouldn't be a surprise to see either one of them you know competing for a, another state tournament uh, or another state championship trip again next year, especially. Especially, you know, Southwind when they have arguably the best quarterback in the state. I mean, he's kid's just incredible. I mean, you look at his final totals this year, and it's going to be Jaden Daniels like. I know, uh, <laughs> no, you won't like hearing that, Mister. No, Greg no, Gaston, don't but, go there. Don't but, go there. No, he's got. He's got. I mean, he's definitely the high school version. You know, running, passing. The kid can do it all. He's incredible. His team had a much better record than LSU. The, so, uh, somewhat better. They lost once compared to three times. <laughs> so what? Um, what's the chances? I assume they're pretty good. I mean, they're they're really good. Obviously, the the team is. What what are Houston's chances in this matchup? I think they're really good. And I know, um, you know, I know when you know you're talking about high school kids, the the, the local high school reporters tend to be, you know, kind of kind of parochial, and you know they 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 you know think highly of the teams they cover. And when you're talking about kids, it's hard to say. Well, you know, I, I'm going to pick against the local team. Does that include you? No. Well, having I mean, I'm sorry, I, I, <laughs> I, I say that I say that to say this. I, I sincerely, truly. You know, if I was sitting in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, looking at this matchup, I would, I would, I think Houston has a chance to go in there and and win their first state championship. And the reason I say that is because of their defense. I mean, they've played four games in the postseason. They've only given up 17 points. They they just came back from Brentwood last week. They held Brentwood to 67 yards, no points. It was the first time that Brentwood had been shut out, and you know three and a half years, wow. something like that. Hmm. Um, they're just really, really solid on defense. They play good assignment football. They've got talented football players, and they're tough against the run, which Oakland does. I mean, they're they're a running team. I mean, I'm, I'm going to steal one from Brett Norsworthy. I hope he's listening this morning. I'm going to steal a big number. They've got two running backs who, between them, have combined for 3,112 rushing yards. One of their running backs run for 1,900 yards, approximately. The other's about 1,200. Those two guys have combined for 55 touchdowns, and this is all on the ground. So, I mean, it tells you what they're going to do. They're going to line it up and try to shove it down Houston's throat. But I think Houston is equipped to to compete with that. They got big big bodies up front. Their linebacker core is really really good. And you know when when um, 
when Oakland throws the ball, you know, they've got some some really talented guys in the secondary, some good athletes. So, yes, I think that defense is going to give them a chance to, to to hang in this game. I really do. Did you say 55 touchdowns combined between two guys? Yeah, yeah. Dwayne Morris is a <laughs> Mr. Football Gosh. finalist. He's got about 32. And then the other kid, Ashton Jones, has about, you know, 20, you know, whatever the difference is. And, yeah, no, they're really good. But they're – Do you know I what mean, they average points per game, the team? No, uh, they average a lot of points per game. I don't know speci- – I, I didn't look at it specifically, but – but, you know, they're a high-scoring team, and their coach, Kevin Creasy, you know, talking to uh, to Coach Thomas, James Thomas, Houston's coach, you know, Coach Thomas said he was a, a, basically an offensive genius. You know, he, he's got his his philosophy. They do it well, and 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 but it's all going to be run-based. I mean, you're not going to see Oakland come out there, you know, gunslinging it around the field. They're going to try to just line up and run it, and, you know, it's very simple. Houston's going to have to either be able to stop that or they're not, and, and I think they can. I really, really do. In 2018, <laughs> I, 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 no, I mean, I'm trying to digest 3,100 yards and 55 touchdowns between two guys. Like that's like if anybody else does anything on the team, they have to be averaging 70 points a game. But yeah. it's, Oakland's always good, though, right? Oakland's always good. They've won the last three state championships. Okay. Oh, have they yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah. No, they're they're one of Tennessee's perennial powerhouses. They've won the last three state championships, and and, and that's another thing too with Houston. You know, they they beat. Germantown in the quarterfinals. Germantown was undefeated. Then they go to Brentwood last week and and win against undefeated Brentwood in the semifinals. So they've beaten two undefeated teams, two really really. They're good playing teams. their best football right now. Just, I think time. They, I think they are. Yeah. I think they are. And, and you know they're they're you know it's 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 a little bit disparaging to say they're kind of playing with house money because they've earned their right to be here. Right. They're they're, they're going to play free and, and confidently yeah. and with nothing to lose. This is their first time there. And, and like Coach Thomas said, they don't have to win you know they don't have to win a best of seven series mm-hmm. against against uh, mm-hmm. Oakland they don't have to win 10 games and they don't have to beat the three teams that have won state championships they just got to beat Oakland yeah. one time Saturday and, 2023 and, Oakland and, yeah. and, and I think I think they have a real good chance to do it I may be sitting here deluding myself I mean I think I'm, I, I know I may just be a homer I, I may <laughs> I, I may just be a homer I, I know I know some of my colleagues around the state they make predictions and everyone I've seen has been Oakland and you know some people you know some of my my, my my fellow reporters think Oakland I mean, Oakland's going to blow out Houston. I don't think that's going to happen. I anything, don't I don't see anybody blowing well, out Houston. Look, anything's possible in a championship game, with the exception of Iowa beating Michigan in the Big Ten championship. So, other than that, you never know. And real quick, we're up against a break. In 2018, you said that was the last time we had a public school in the state championship. Who was it? Did we win it? It was Whitehaven. No, they didn't win. We haven't had a public school winner since 2016. That was that was the uh, the high point of Memphis football. That's the year Tresvent won. I remember that. East yep. won and Whitehaven won, and also Lausanne won yet that year. But we had three public school winners wow. in 2016. So it's been a long time in the making. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, the that. last the last team from Memphis to win period was uh, ECS back in uh, 2019 when they had uh, Austin Hill and, and a really good team. So yeah, it's been a while. Pre- COVID. Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. It's a long, long time ago. The world has changed a lot since we've had a state champion here from from the city of Memphis. That's crazy. This hour of our program is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware, corner of Quince and White Station. That's where you'll find the great folks over there. Helpful folks over there at Ace Hardware to help you find whatever it is you need to get whatever project it is you're doing done. And, of course, they've got the Big Green Egg and all the accessories for you over there. They are a platinum dealer of the Big Green Egg. That's East Memphis Ace Hardware, corner of White Station and Quince. All right, we'll come back with more from John. We'll talk a little high school band. 
basketball, where are things standing early in the college or the high school basketball campaign? And then some other things as well. Maybe get some thoughts on Ole Miss and Memphis on the basketball court tomorrow. John Varlas. More of JV when we continue. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11 here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Week from tomorrow is the AutoZone Liberty Ball High School All-Star Football Game. The radio coverage will be right here on Sports 56 with Mr. Savoy and Mr. Varlas adding his insight. Breaking news. Yeah, you it's just actually, found out it's five actually, seconds ago. It's actually Varlas doing all of the heavy lifting, and I'm just there. I just let him talk because he knows everybody. And what's great about John is, again, he doesn't even have to write it down on notes. He just comes in right off the top of his head. The, the John Varlas highlight of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl High School All-Star game was a couple years ago when one of the kids wasn't on the roster, but John Varlas still knew who he was. Looking from the booth <laughs> down to a kid in a helmet and jersey, he's like, oh, no, that's this kid from this school. And I'm like... Okay, we'll go with that then. <laughs> Thank you very much, John. Nice uh, to have John Marlowe. Oh, I will, I will, I will gladly, uh, I will gladly play John Madden to your Pat Summerall once again this year. It's going to be exciting. I, I, that's always a fun way to end the season. While football is winding down, basketball heating up. What have we seen so far in the early stages of high school basketball in the area? Well, to to be to be brutally honest with you guys, I haven't seen a ton because it's been so busy with football and, mm-hmm. and other things. Uh, among uh, among my other duties, I'm also trying to compile the all-state football team and as you can imagine with uh nine different classifications that is a tour but uh, i did make it out to cordova last night and man i think cordova is going to be really good they've got uh so they've got two guys that are already committed uh kj tenner is going to play at drake he's the uh, little guard he's about 510 and julius Julius Thedford, who they call King Thedford, he uh, has transferred into Whitehaven this year, uh, transferred in from Whitehaven. Mm-hmm. He's committed to Missouri State. He, Not another king in the area, please. We King Thedford. We have too many kings no, in this, Memphis. No, no, Julius is the king. He's the king. Okay. <laughs> Trust me on this. This guy is really good. He he. Do you, I don't know if you guys remember um, Martavius Newby that played at Ole yes. Miss. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Thedford really reminds me of him. He's got the muscular body. He's really aggressive on the court. He's got that kind of you know dog mindset where if he gets the ball and takes it to the hole, you know nobody's stopping him. He's really good. And what's interesting about that team is Tenor was for the past two years. Tenor has been one of our leading scorers. He's averaged you know twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty points a game. But now he is you know with the addition of uh, of Thedford, who was Whitehaven's leading scorer last year. He's kind of you know. The scoring is going to be less for Tenor this year, but it's going to get a, give him a chance to showcase a lot of his other abilities, you know, assisting, you know, running the team and that kind of mm-hmm. thing, which he's going to do at college. And those two guys already in, in just seven games, you know, you can see it on the court. They've really put together a nice, nice relationship on the court. There were, you know, several times last night when, when you know, 
Tanner would would uh, be out on the perimeter and he, he would find Thedford down low for an easy bucket or or, or vice versa. You know, Thedford, you know, Tanner would cut and Thedford would hit him. You know, they, they really, really working well together already. And, and I think Cordova has a chance to have a really, really good season. They've already beaten Independence, which was in the 4A state tournament last year. They've already beaten Ridgeway, which was in the 3A tournament last, last year. They beat a team from Alabama, which was undefeated heading into the game. That was a really good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat a really good Fayetteware team last night. So I'm excited to see this Cordova team. I really who, am. Who was the player you tweeted something about got 50 last night? That's Jordan Allen from Hillcrest. So he was a Mr. Um, Mr. Basketball semifinalist last no a finalist last year he was in Murfreesboro yeah so he was a finalist last year yeah he got 50 points last night against Kirby 50 points and eight assists so he wow. combined for at least 66 of their 86 points and I mean he's just off to an incredible start he had uh, he had 38 points in his first game he had 40 points in his second game he had only 26 points in his <laughs> third game and then he got 50 last night so you do the math that's close to 40 points a game and just a tremendous start for. Wow, Allen. really, really good player. And speaking of Mr. Basketball, I think he was a, at least a candidate back in the day when he played, then went on to the University of Memphis. There's a connection as we go full circle here to tomorrow night's game against, uh, or for Houston against Oakland, is Andre Allen. His son plays for Houston. Is that what the deal yeah, is? Yeah, Andre Andre Allen for Houston. He'll be number seven in your in your program tomorrow. Number one in your hearts. He is a <laughs> he had a huge interception in in the, in the Brentwood game last week. He actually scored the first touchdown on a on a nice little um, underneath pass that he turned into about a thirty yard touchdown. And then in the third quarter, he had a key interception that you know that that set up the Houston's third touchdown that essentially put the game out of reach. Really good football. Is he player. a senior? No, he's a junior. Good, good kid too. I interviewed him uh, a couple of days ago for for the uh, preview that we have posted right now on DailyMemphian.com. Really, kid, really good kid. Really smart. You know, knows his knows his football. And um, am, yeah, I, it's, am it's, I right about his pop? Wasn't he yeah. like Mr. Basketball or Mr. I, Basketball I nominee or something? Well, Andre Allen was. He's a hell of a football I, player no, too. I, I think when you know when Andre Allen was in the ninth grade, I think he was like the top ninth grade basketball player in the entire country. Now, you know, subsequently, you know, his his career didn't follow that traje- trajectory, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he didn't grow very much right, more. Right, but but um, he was a good. He's still a good player. Well, Everybody awesome, knows awesome that. Awesome basketball player had a good career at Memphis, and yeah, that's his. There are quite a few Memphis connections at Houston. So you got Andre Allen. Sean Jones, the wide receiver at Houston, his dad Maurice Jones played football yes. at Memphis. Uh, Chandler Day, obviously the quarterback. Um, his dad is Collins Day, mm-hmm. who's in the Memphis Hall of Fame as a baseball, baseball player. player right. And then uh, Garrett Hagan, one of Houston's defensive uh, defensive linemen. His uncle is Mike Butler, who sure. still holds numerous uh, Memphis scoring records. And his dad, his dad also, his dad also played football at Houston. Bill Hagan. So lots and lots of connections out there. Wow. The uh, it, before we run out of time here, it's bone picking season. It always is when you are here, and you've 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 got a. A bone to pick, maybe multiple bones. I've got multiple bones. I mean, Greg has made it clear he doesn't want to talk about the Heisman Trophy anymore, so we won't go with that. But yeah, I, I definitely have a bone to pick about adding uh, Drexel into the Big Five. That's, yes, that's not the Big Five. We all know what the Big Five is. That's that's Temple, that's LaSalle, Penn, St. Joe's, and Villanova. Villanova, and the games must be at the Palestra. Th- that's how the Big Five works. You don't slide Drexel in there just because they're in Philadelphia. So um, I'm glad you know a lot about the. 
Big Five for being from down here. Greatest, greatest, uh, greatest player ever in the history of the Big Five. Go, Greg Gaston. Walt Monford. Who? Walt Monford. What team did he? Yeah, play he's for? from Atlantic City High School. He was great. He no. played. Who he played the, for Temple. I seriously, who was the all-time greatest Big Five player? Oh gosh, there's so many of them. I don't know. You're putting me on the spot here. There's only one answer. Well, the greatest. <laughs> Who is it? Who? Lionel Simmons. I was going to say Lionel Simmons, but I thought there was, Lionel I figured Simmons. there was somebody. A guy could play ball. Who Dalton Connect tied yeah, his record the other night for most ever three, points by 3, a visiting player. Points. Did Tom Gola, though, come from LaSalle? Yeah, Tom Gola played for Hall LaSalle, of Famer. But, but, but Lionel Simmons, you broke all of Tom I know. Gola's scoring The L Train, baby. He was, he was, he Lionel was fantastic. Lionel Simmons, Mark Macon, Doug West. That's, I mean, I like it. On and, and on. And all those Villanova players, players yeah. all those players. All right. So that's one of my bones. I got a pick, bone to pick with you, Mr. Eli Savoy. Oh, Never inviting me to your palatial patio where you apparently have two televisions and a fire pit. You don't a, care about televisions. And a, and you a, don't have a TV in your house, which blows big, my mind. And a big green egg. And you know how much I love Lakeland, and I've yet to be invited. <laughs> so bone is picked with you. Uh, I, you know, I is think, John the only person in the world that doesn't have a television in his house? I, think, I, I believe so. I, I mean, think uh, I think Zach's the only one that hasn't grinded my gears at some point this week. So uh, oh, I, he, I, he I wants to though. That like you, you just you told that before we went out like that like. That literally blows my mind. I don't know what I would do without a TV. Memphis or Old Miss tomorrow? I like I like uh, I like Memphis. I think they rebound very. I think they rebound nicely from that Villanova game. And I agree with what Coach Hardaway said. You have uh, they played uh, six halves of basketball in 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 uh, in the Bahamas. Five of them were terrific, and, and you know they they got docked for that one bad half, which admittedly was really bad. But you know throw that out the window. I, I think they're a really good basketball team, and I think they'll show it um, Saturday. It's interesting you use the. You you use the word rebound. They'll rebound from the loss to Villanova. Rebounding has been the issue. Yeah, that, that will be the key tomorrow. Not only getting rebounds and some offensive rebounds, but not allowing Ole Miss to clean up the boards and getting second chance opportunities. Yeah, That's the key and, word and, and right they, there. And they've got the seven five kid, Jamarian Sharp, and Musa Cisse, former Lausanne Mister Basketball winner at Lausanne, right. is is now eligible. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But and of course Matthew Morell from Whitehaven uh, playing on that Ole Miss team. It's going to be kind of a family reunion, but it should, should be a fun game. I wish I could watch it, but I know I will be otherwise occupied on Saturday. All right, the uh, So the, go Tigers, and hopefully they'll get it done. The Varless Learjet is fueled and ready to go, so jump on in there and uh, head to Chattanooga. Safe travels. I'm actually borrowing my wife's smart car, so in case I get lost, the car will get me there. <laughs> you, you are sort of a dummy when it comes to that. So. Oh, there's no, oh God. Ah, sto- I, I'm with the, you, my friend. No, the stories I can tell. Well, we'll, we'll do that maybe next Friday. You got it. Sounds good. Safe travels. Good luck to Houston High School. That's John Varlow. So I'll have you covered at The Daily Memphian. And make sure to follow him on Twitter. He'll keep you updated at John Varlow. When we come back, we open up hour number two, scheduled to be joined by the great D'Angelo Williams. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.